That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Coach Forty Chiesa, with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Your final: the Jazz beat the Magic tonight, one hundred nine to ninety six. Let's uh, check out your sharp stats of the game. Also, get you down uh, to the podium and Coach Quinn Snyder in Orlando coming up here very shortly. But the sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Jazz tonight, 45.2% from the field, 42 of 93. They were 16 of 40 from three, Coach, shooting 40%. Uh, they were led tonight by Donovan Mitchell's 32 points. George Niang with 15 coming in off the bench. Red Hot, 5 of 8 shooting from three. Uh, Manuel Moutier with a very nice night tonight, 12 points on 5 of 11 shooting. He also had a couple of assists and six rebounds to go with that. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich with 14. Joe Ingles with 11. Rudy Gobert with eight points and 17 assists. And you know what's interesting about uh, watching this stretch, Coach, is the Jazz are, are finding different ways to win this ball, uh, these ball games. Tonight it was by the three. The other night it was tough Rudy D and Bogdanovich in the post, of all things. They're figuring out different ways to, to, to win these games, and that's probably a pretty good sign. Absolutely. And also the bench has played well on this road trip. And the bench led by, tonight was George, George Niang, but Tony Bradley... And also Moody, all all those guys have contributed. Jordan Clarkson struggled offensively, and so most times he's the other guy that really plays well off the bench. And those four guys in Jazz, they settle down to the rotation of nine basically players, and they all know when they're going into the game, and that's helped them as far as shoot better. Yep. And George Niang, Jake, give me the hot sauce. <laughs> Give it to me, the hot sauce, because he was making knockdown threes and early offense. And a lot of times the screener was Tony Bradley, and he was coming off it on a, we call it a fade cut. He was fading on the screen and catching and firing. And Joe Angles, let's not forget about his brilliance. And Donovan Mitchell was absolutely incredible the whole game. So the Jazz have it rolling offensively, and it all starts with, every, with the proper spacing. Without spacing, the three-point game would not be the same. You know, one thing about Clarkson, he did not shoot the ball well tonight, uh, Coach. He was 3 of 8, as you mentioned, uh, just 7 points. However, he had the Jazz only two block shots tonight. Who would have thought that? Okay, so he has length. So defensively, he had a tough time of guarding Terrence Ross, the magic flamethrower on that wide screening action. He was flying off it. So the counterpunch to that with uh, Clarkson is that you're a scorer, but if you can block shots in transition or be around the ball in the lane, then challenge that. Good for him. 
And on that bench thought, you know, Clarkson, he's he's made an impact. He seems like he's kind of a, uh, a spark type of dude. But let's be honest, you know, Tony Bradley and George Niang have been given, and, and uh, credit Locke for talking to George about this in the, in the walk-off interview, they've been given bigger roles. These are big opportunities. These are guys, we talked about this in the pregame show too, these are guys that are stepping up and making the most of their situation and trying to make an impact, some staying power in this league. And you can feel, you can feel that energy along with Jordan Clarkson as being a newcomer to this team. And it's given this bench, certainly, Coach, a, a, a second life. They're playing with some confidence. It's amazing. To be an elite playoff-type team, you need a strong bench. And the Jazz bench is evolving. And the roles are being slightly defined. And it'll be it'll keep it more as far as uh, knowing what, what's expected of you. And so Tony Bradley, his job is to what? Protect the paint, be a position rebounder, and be a recipient scorer. George Yang's job is to make open threes, be a, mo- be a ball mover. Uh, Moutier's job is to uh, dribble attack into the paint and score sometimes, but be a passer. And Clarkson's sole purpose on this planet, Jake, is he, as he leaves the bus on a road game, starts shooting. All right, Coach, let's uh, throw things back to Orlando. Coach Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. The board reflected, you know, Terrence Ross getting hot. And, um, but, again, other than that, defensively, I think we were pretty solid in the first half. And, you know, I think that's what I told told the team. You know, we, we if the defense is, is solid, um, you know, that you give yourself a chance and eventually some guys get going tonight. Obviously, you know, George, you know, had a big run there and we were able to, you know, push the game open. Um, Donovan as well. And we we have balance on our team. So it can be different guys, you know, every night. And um, this is a group that enjoys, you know, when someone else steps up. Um, and that's unique. You know, nobody's thinking about... You know their game and their line. They're thinking about you know our our game, and I thought more than anything that was reflected defensively tonight. There was some adjustments that guys needed to make, and we were able to do that. And I think that settled us in. Pretty much a wash the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, 52, 47, just a five-point lead. But you guys shot five of 18 from the three-point line in the first half. Second half, 11 of 21. What happened? Well, the biggest thing is we shot 21 threes, you know, and 44. That, that's, that's the key. Um, I think if you're getting looks, um, you just can't hesitate. And, you know, eventually you're going to make some of them. And as long as we're, you know, taking good shots, which we have been, um, you know, I've got confidence in guys on our team that they can make plays. And so, you know, is again, if the defense is solid, you give yourself a chance to, to get some looks and get the ball to fall. What changed the defense in the, in the fourth quarter? Because, I mean, it was solid before, but it seemed like it went yeah. to another level. Late. I think, you know, with with a team like Orlando, um, you know, they run, they're, they're so efficient running screening actions. And, um, and a lot of the, you, know, you have to chase, particularly Ross and Fournier, because you can't go under anything or they punish you. Sometimes if you chase them, um, and we saw him rise up, and it's a difficult play to make, too. That's where you have the risk of fouling him. Um, but I thought more than anything, our our bigs, both Rudy and Tony, were higher up on the floor, and that's where they need to be. Um, tried to have him up even higher after Ross got going where we could impact the ball a little bit more, you know, the way he was playing. And, you know, sometimes that's something you have to feel. Um, in a perfect world, you'd be up there the whole game. But someone hits a couple shots, and it, you know, 
it occurs to you even more that, okay, I really do need to be up higher. Um, so I thought, you know, that, and I thought we'd rebound on the ball. You know, we were able to come up with some rebounds and, and get some things in transition late. You had, uh, you're down only two timeouts left with four and a half minutes still up in mm-hmm. the third. What were some of the things that you're like, kind of constantly tinkering with? Yeah, well, I mean, the challenge, truthfully, was probably not a great challenge. Um, but, you know, it was a challenge that was, in some respects, you know, Rudy. And, um, you know, I think it's, you know, he needs to know that, that we're conscious of him. And sometimes just something, you know, if it, I'm glad it didn't bite us when we didn't have a, um, we went in under two with only one timeout. Um, and that's always the risk. But in this case, I think it was important to, you know, to support your player. George, how nice is it to see him string a couple of games together? I think tonight, obviously great off the bench. Yeah, you know, I think he's the things that he's doing defensively, um, just being solid, um, defending you know, team defense essentially. Um, all the little things that he's focused on, and the offense takes care of itself. I know he's confident. We have a ton of confidence in him. His teammates do so. Um, that's been a point of emphasis for him is that when you're open, you know, shoot it. And especially when, when it's going in that much, you want to keep shooting. Do you ever have to encourage the team when, they, when the, the three-pointers are not falling? Um, less so right now. You know, certain guys a little bit more. Um, we just try to talk about reading before you get the ball and not having to catch it and then recognize when you're open. We try to make those reads quick um, so that if you don't shoot it, you can pass it. And that's so what happened in the start of the fourth quarter? You, you started making, making them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, if you're committed to, to shooting, there's going to be nights where you don't make shots. And, you know, sometimes you don't make them the whole game. And you hit a couple that are that are big at the end. Boyan, you know, didn't shoot the ball great, but he hit that one in front of our bench late that in some ways kind of sealed, sealed the game. So, um, you know, I don't think there's anybody on the team that wants someone not to shoot. Um, as long as they're good shots. And, you know, if you're open and you can shoot, it's a good shot. That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team came away with a win. Uh, what did you think about what Coach had to stay uh, right there, Coach Chiesa? What stood out to you? About the shooting as far as uh, encouraging the players. But it all starts with pace and space. When the Jazz are really good, including tonight's game, they play with a pace and a force down the floor, and they space the floor brilliantly, and that it puts it puts so much stress on the Magic defensive players, and they're late to rotate. So George Niang, he was uh, he made some throwback jump shots on a pick and pop when the screener was Tony Bradley, and in early offense he was uh, spacing down the floor with rhythm, and Joe Angles and Donovan Mitchell hit him on the run for. For the pull, for the pull up threes, not dribble threes, but pull up threes, and he got himself going. So Quinn's talking about the encourage his team, his uh, team, and each floor mate encourage each other to take the open shot. So basically, the whole team has the green light to shoot. Red light, green light, and jazz basketball—it's green light. Well, George Yang talked about that in the the walk-off interview. How uh, amazing it felt to have this whole team behind him and encouraging him and uh, cheering for him, really, when uh, when he started making those shots. I mean, confidence goes a long way, coach. And if your team and coaches, coaching staff has confidence in you, I've got to imagine that's pretty encouraging. You play under the influence of what togetherness. 
when you really are, uh, truly are a team and you play as a unit, there's this uh, unbelievable spirit about every pass. So in jazz basketball, they really pass the ball well, and most times they don't over-dribble. And that's why the shooters are ready to catch. Jake, when your feet are ready, your shot is ready. And George Niang is a classic footwork player, and so is Joe Ingles. Both those guys is that they, when their feet are set, they're knocked down. And let's not forget, Boyan Bandanovich struggled tonight as far as, just generally speaking, shooting. But we know he's one, of the, he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. So the Jazz have three really knockdown shooters, plus Donovan Mitchell, who's absolutely a ball striker. So offensively, they've got it rolling. And let's not forget also Royce O'Neal, who did a good job defensively uh, as far as guarding Evan Fournier, who only scores 11 points, but it's, it was a quiet 11. And the point about this is that the Jazz are playing as a collective unit, and it all starts with defense to offense. Jazz win tonight, 109-96. And, of course, when the Jazz win, you win. The day after every Jazz win, home or away. Our good friends at Little Caesars are giving you free pizza. Order one custom round multi-topping pizza through the Little Caesars app, and you'll receive a free large extra most bestest pepperoni pizza using the promo code UTAHJAZZ, all one word, valid at all participating Utah Little Caesars locations, mobile orders only. Coming up right around the corner, we'll take you down into the locker room. We'll continue to break this one down as well. We want to remind you, go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More straight ahead on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordy Chiesa with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Your final tonight, the Jazz beat the Magic 109-96. They've now won 10 of their last 11 games. And let's take a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-CERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting. You do life. Uh, checking out points in the paint tonight, Coach. Uh, Jazz outscored the Magic, but barely. Tonight, not really about points in the paint. 38-36. to 36. Why uh, were those uh, numbers a little down tonight, Coach? Because the, the Magic were very conscious of trying to defend the paint, and opened, the three-point line was opened up. So uh, the only play, basically, for the, uh, for the Jazz who were penetrating was Donovan Mitchell and half of Moutier. And so they were very conscious with uh, Nick Vucevic, and, and Bamba, as far as protecting the rim and the painted area, the Jazz counterpunched that by penetrating, kicking out to the three-point line, and the Jazz were able to knock it down. So points in the paint were deceiving. The Jazz did the right thing as far as attack the painted area, throw it back out. Seemed like they were pretty um, focused on taking the role away from Rudy all night tonight, too. Very much. They they did they, they, they imagine they did a nice job of staying on Rudy's body on the roll and Tony Bradley. And that opened up, what, the, the three-point game. And that's where the Jazz were able to exploit that. So much is a chess match in a game where as a team takes away schematically what you're doing, you have to be able to uh, read it during the course of a game and then counter-punch that and to make the other team adjust. If they don't adjust, keep going to that certain play. A lot of times when a Jazz score, it's misdirection, Jake. If the first roll to the basket creates so much as far as what? A traffic in the lane. As, as the lane uh, closes down, the three-point line expands out. 
Uh, you brought up his name, and we won't, uh, you know, focus entirely on Orlando, certainly in the post game. But uh, since you brought him up, we were sitting here watching the game together. I like Mo Bamba. I know he only had five points, but he had five boards in 15 minutes, two steals, two block shots. I, I know he's he's super raw and he's got to put on some weight and all this, but I like him, Coach. I think he has a lot of potential. He's a law. He's a law pass threat every single time. He's a shot rejector, and he can rebound, and he impacts the lane. And you saw a lot of times with Rudy, he had a hard time finishing when Bamba was in the game as far as just length. He, he's a he's really long, and he has that angular body. He has he has the. Um, Longest wingspan in the NBA at 7 feet 10 inches. So you have to go up over him as far as in the, in the painted area. And so he, he's only 21 years old. And let's not forget, Jonathan Isaac is this other live wire guy that is uh, 30 NBA in block shots and third in the NBA in steals. So in that group right now with Vucevic, they have two athletic guys that play defense and Bamba can block shots and also Isaac with Vucevic, who's a footwork player. So the magic is they go forward with Mo Bamba from, from the Texas Longhorns. He was the sixth pick of the draft in 2018. That was really a smart pick by them. Yeah. In fact, Orlando, if they can pour some resources into development, they have a couple of guys that they could really bring along and, and be a pretty decent team in the next couple of years. Yes. They made the playoffs last year. They beat the uh, world champion Toronto Raptors the first game and then lost four straight. So in their world, they're the eighth seed right now, and they're saying that we can hopefully get to the seventh or eighth and get an upset in the first round. But as they go forward, as far as organizationally, they have some pieces they need Jake, they need more uh, ball strikers as far as dribble penetration players that can create off the dribble without over dribbling. Am I double talking? No, I'm not. Is that <laughs> you You want to create off the dribble without over dribbling. I just described now Donovan Mitchell is figuring it out about not over dribbling. To his credit, he's, he's making the correct reads. And when he has the ball in his hands, you feel good. And again, Donovan tonight, unbelievably efficient, 14 of 21 uh, to get to his 32 points, six assists as well for Donovan. You can't say enough about him. Speaking of those assists, let's get to the assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships throughout the Utah Jazz season. Larry H. Miller Dealerships is donating $50 for each assist to the Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Donovan did lead the team with six assists. They had 22 on the night. Joe Ingles had five assists. Rudy Gobert had four assists. That's a really nice number for him. Uh, but definitely shared the ball better in the second half, Coach, than the first. Yes, and add to that, as far as so segue with assists, only eight turnovers. So what they did was that they valued the ball and the possession. And so much is when you don't turn the ball over, you get more rhythm offensively. And that's why the Jazz shot so tremendous in the second half where there was very few turnovers after the initial thrust of that third quarter where both teams had, uh, had some uh, mental errors. But after that, the Jazz settled down and were able to move the ball. They didn't over-dribble. It was that swing, swing, swing pass, or in transition, that pass up the sideline to the streaking uh, George Niang and a half of Joe Ingles, and those guys were making uh, pull-up threes with footwork. Whenever you play under the influence of passing, you shoot dramatically better as a unit. All right, let's go back to Orlando, where Rudy Gobert is addressing the media. It is. And 
we got a lot of stuff, easy buckets from the from the defense. How nice is it to see George have a night like he had tonight? Uh, it's fun. It's fun. You know, he's been he's been working very hard and. Uh, being able to, to watch that translate to the game is, is, is great. And, you know, that stretch was huge for us. 17 rebounds. That's some major rebounding. Seven offensive rebounds that led to eight second-chance points. Uh, do you just make an emphasis just to be Debo down on the block? I just try to come out every night and, you know, and do that because I know that's what my team needs me to do. Uh, last summer we lost, uh, you know, two of our best rebounders and I knew that this year we know we're going to play more small ball and I was going to you know, be even better on that end and you know, it's a team effort. What, uh, what was not working offensively in the first three quarters? In the first quarter, was you guys off kind of a good start to build to slow down I think they, they did a, you gotta give them credit. I mean, they did a great job. They were blitzing on the side and kind of caught all guards, all guards off, off guard, you know. They, they, it took a while for it to, to adjust and there's some situations where we need to work on and I think we need to get better on, you know. But the, the good thing we did is we, I feel like we, take, we, we took good care of the ball for the most part of the game and uh, we were able to, to set our defense. And it was hard for them to score against us against our half-court defense. Rudy, back-to-back defensive player of the year awards. How does it make you feel knowing that teams change their game plan just around you and you control the paint defensively? I just embrace it. You know, that's what I try to, I try to do every night for my team. Um, I know he doesn't always show on the stats, but I know that, you know, it translates to the, to the, translates to wins, and that's all that matters to me. And, uh, what, what? Are you looking for that third defensive player of the year award this year? Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, I want to get it out. As long as I'm playing, you know, in the middle when I'm 40, hopefully not. But uh, the guard is ready for us to, you know, uh, dominate the game defensively as a team. And uh, as long as I allow my team to do that, um, that's all that matters to me. You guys are in New Orleans next. You're taking on uh, Derek Favors. Stay in contact with Favors. You talked to him much recently. What are you looking forward to in this game? I mean, uh, Derek is, is like a, he's like a brother. You know, we've been together for know, six years since I got since I got here. Um, so it's going to be a battle. You know, he's, he's playing great. Uh, they, have, they, they haven't won a lot of games lately, but uh, they, they, every game they play is, is a close game, and we know that it's going to be a it's going to be a battle. That was Rudy Gobert with certainly some insightful comments about his defense. And, uh, yeah, going to match up with a familiar face in the next one with Derek Favors, Coach. Yes, Rudy makes so many, like we call it, invisible winning plays defensively. Where he's, uh, most times he's in, he's in the correct coverage schematically. And when the opposing team penetrates into the painted area, Rudy is so long and he plays with his hands above his shoulders, which makes it even more dramatic. And it puts so much stress on the dribbler to make either a pass or shoot up and over him. And most times they either hurry shoot or they make a mental or physical error. So Rudy, his defensively is absolutely sensational, and that allows the Jazz a chance to take more chances out on perimeter. Rudy's a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. There's no doubt he's heading to number three right now. He impacts every single game, and and part of defense is rebounding. So defensively, when the shot's taken, you really feel solid that Rudy's going to get that rebound either by 
boxing out or just out leaping people as far as the length. Offensively, he was crashing the boards. As, as uh, Donovan was penetrating, and so was Moutier and Clarkson, Rudy was a recipient of cleaning up the boards and offensive rebounding. And, twi- and twice in a row, he got the long miss shots where, besides vertical verticality, he's also going wide, chase down rebounds on three-point shots. That's impressive. Since we're talking about this, let's get to uh, tonight's Master of the Glass brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house. Of course, tonight's Master of the Glass, Rudy Gobert, 17 rebounds to go along with his eight points, four assists, seven of those boards go uh, coach as you were alluding to moments ago came on the offensive glass and it was interesting in Rudy's comments to see to hear him talk about how he knew there was going to be extra responsibility with some other good rebounders leaving the team in the offseason and he stepped up and so is Tony Bradley so after this Jake as far as offensive rebounding Rudy gets seven and the backup center Tony Bradley gets three so the Jazz two centers get 10 offensive rebounds and so much was when they're following up plays I uh, the recipient rebounders, where the shot is taking, the big on the opposing team tries to challenge the driver, and that's when the the late defensive player on the Magic was tardy to get there, and Tony Bradley and Rudy were able to clean up the ball or kick it back out. When you're getting 14 offensive rebounds in a game as far as the Jazz, that gives you potential 28 more points potentially, if, and after that, the three-point ball. And that so much is different. Offensive rebounding is absolutely, it ties up, it ties in offensively. When you rebound the ball off the glass, you shoot so much better because the defense is now scrambled. 109 to 96 is your final. The Jazz beat the Magic. We'll have more from the locker room for you coming up straight ahead. We'll continue to break this one down as well. I uh, want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all new redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. More straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game night post game show. Jake Scott, Coach Gordy Chiesa with you. Uh, it's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz win over the Magic 109 to 96. And maybe the biggest difference in tonight's game, Coach, was the three point shot. And let's get to tonight's three point takeover, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, Coach, the Jazz from three, and a lot of this damage done in the second half. 16 of 40, good for 40%. George Niang, 5 of 8 from 3 tonight. Donovan Mitchell, 4 of 7. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, 2 of 6. Joe Ingles, 3 of 9. Royce O'Neal was 1 of 5. Jordan Clarkson, 1 of 3, coming in off the bench. And uh, in that fourth quarter, the Jazz just catching fire from three. Coach pushed this one well out of range for the Magic. And all started with passing. So what the Jazz did well tonight was that they moved the ball and they were throwing on-time, on-target passes. And that placement of the ball, especially to George Yang, that allowed him to get his feet set. So when Joe made those uh, 
passes right into George's catch readiness. He's able to catch and fire. And then when Donna Mitchell returned the favor, when Donna was penetrating and throwing the throwback European pass to Joe Angles, Joe was stepping into the three-point shot. And, you know, Joe's got that classic... Jake stroke where that lefty southpaw delivery where he gets it, he catches and fires. The ball hits his inside hand. The ball, the shot is already up in the air and a knockdown, that rainbow three. So all the Jazz players played on the influence of passing equals what? Knockdown shooting. Uh, George Niang tonight, five of eight, five of eight from three. 15 points. However, he also had five rebounds and two assists to go along with it. I thought was very active defensively. What is it about that coach when a, when a player gets a rolling offensively? It seems like the rest of his game has a little extra juice as well. Yes, I love it. I can't explain it. The only thing I know about it is that when you are in, involved defensively, the ball always finds you offensively. So George Yang was banging around. He was giving help and recover. He was putting a body on uh, on Vucevic uh, as, as far as a blockout rebounder. He was taking on Aaron Gordon as far as trying to uh, attack the rim. So his body was active going numbers on numbers defensively. Oh, by the way, the ball always finds you now. So suddenly in transition, as Aaron Gordon's running back in transition, Jake, I called guarding helium, nobody. George Yang is coming down the sideline on a sideline streak. And we know right now that George Yang isn't really the fastest person, but, but he got a fast delivery. And so that pass ahead to him, he was getting it. So part of your shooting ability is when you're engaged defensively. And that's when you really are a winning player. And if you're a bench guy and a four, and we talked to Lock and Boone about him coming in in that four position, they're going to, you know, other teams are going to leave you open until you make them guard you. And and that's been the case with George earlier in the season when he wasn't hitting those three-point shots and he was such a detriment when he was on the floor coach. Now if you come out, I mean certainly if you go five for eight from three, but if you start making those shots on, on, on a regular basis and make the other teams adjust, it's just going to you to make that bench unit even better. Yes. And so now with George Yang, let's interesting to see next game against the Pelicans. He'll be guarded probably by Brandon Ingram, who's a scoring player. So now George Yang, when he's in the game right now, what he should do is be the best way to get free in a game if you're a shooter, Jake, is to be the screener. It's the opposite. In other words, we put so much stress on your player guarding screening action as I screen and step back and or pop back. That makes uh, the player suddenly in that in that point of no of, of uh, right in between. Do I give help on the dribbler or do I stay at home on the on the throwback player? And that was George Yang. And tonight's game was Aaron Gordon was confused, and so was Ken Birch. And so let's hope the next game if it's Brandon Ingram, he gets the exact same looks on a throwback jump shot. All right, let's talk about Donovan for a sec because he was. Ready Red hot from three, obviously four of seven, just terrific uh, to to get his thirty two points. But it also seemed tonight, coach, that Donovan was really, really making some very nice shots from the mid range, and even some not so nice shots that had no business going in seemed to find their way down for for Donovan tonight. But talk about uh, his overall game and what he's doing so well right now. It starts with ball transfer. So what Donovan is is excelling right now is that he's really being efficient with the ball as far as dribbling. In his earliest career, he would uh, over-dribble often on a pick-and-roll, and and for every bounce you over-dribble, it affects the team bounce. 
It's a phenomenon, Jake. And so now as Donovan, as he's evolving into an all-star player, yes, all-star player, I'm saying, is that he's getting into that middle game. Now, so Donovan has the, the three-point three shot over the top of the defense. How dare you go under the screen? And in that, when the, the, the defensive player is on Donovan's body, he has enough savviness and dribble skills to take the bump in the lane and to make plays and shoot on time, on target. And if the big in the coverage comes up, he throws that drop up pass to Rudy or to Tony Bradley. So he's evolving into a very efficient, ultra-talented difference maker. And that's why the Jazz, they're absolutely, they hit the jackpot as far as when they made that trade during the draft to get Donovan Mitchell, only second also to Rudy Gobert. Do you realize, Jake, that two of the Jazz franchise players, the Jazz didn't technically draft? They traded during the draft to get both those guys by the same team, same team Denver Nuggets. <laughs> so talk about savviness in the front office. When you're a really good organization, you combine so many different components. One, ownership, absolutely. Two is front office. Three is coaching. And last but not least is what? Playing. Uh, I believe the trade for Donovan Mitchell was Trey Lyles, straight up, where they get in to get that position, their first-round pick from the year before. And to get Rudy, it was Cash and Eric Green from Virginia Tech, if you remember that deal. I absolutely do. That's called thievery. Now, in fairness to the, in fairness to the Nuggets, they have, they have uh, Jokic, who's a really an, a, right. an all-star type player. And by the way, they're, they're second in the West. So Denver made some different moves with Jamal Murray and those guys, and they are a good team. So in fairness to Denver, they went a different direction and they still are very competitive. Oh, by the way, when the Jazz play the Nuggets, they haven't played yet. It's going to be absolutely intense games. The last game of the year for the, for the Jazz uh, listeners right now is the Jazz play Denver game number 82. Yeah. I get the feeling it's going to matter, Jake. And you know what? They're they're drafting Michael Porter and giving him time to get himself better. That that look that's looking like it might pay off. He he's he's a good player, and the Nuggets are a good team. There's there's uh, certainly no doubt about it. All right, coming up next, uh, we'll get uh, final thoughts on this game. We'll look forward to New Orleans and uh, Coach has some thoughts on uh, the All Star game and whether or not Donovan Rudy should be there. We'll get to that coming up next. Want to remind you, go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now. At Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Tonight, the Jazz winners over the Magic 109-96 right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz beat the Magic tonight, 109-96. Jake Scott, Coach Gordy Chiesa with you. And, Coach, we'll get some final thoughts on this one. We'll look forward uh, to the New Orleans Pelicans as well. But first, you have some thoughts about uh, the upcoming All-Star game. Uh, the updated fan vote was released this past week, and uh, Rudy Gobert was not on the list of frontcourt players of the top ten. Uh, Donovan Mitchell came in at number seven as far as backcourt players go. But let's talk a little bit about the possibility of uh, one or both of those players going to Chicago next month. It's very high. First thing, if you're a Jazz fan, please vote. Vote online. Do not let 
the L.A. Lakers and other teams uh, outdo you as far as voting. Here's, here's what I talked about as far as all-star, and I'm trying to be objective. I know I live in New York, I live in uh, Salt Lake City, and also I used to work for the Jazz, but I'm trying to be objective. Here's, here's my all-star team. Remember now, it's voted 25% by the media, 25% for the starters by fellow players, and 50% by the fans, and then the, the head coaches vote for the reserves. And it's based on guards and forwards. Here's the starting all-star team in the West as far as uh, guards and forwards. At guards, James Harden and Luka Doncic. At forwards, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. Okay. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I think you got it about right. Okay, reserves. The two guards for reserves is Russell Westbrook and Damon Lillard. Now, front court, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, and Nikolai Jokic. That's 10. And the, the numbers 11 and 12, you can either go guard forward, two guards or two forwards. It's going to be come down to either, the 11th, the 11th is going to be either Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker. Okay. Either or. You can make that narrative, if not both. I wish it was both. And then the 12th player could be Jake, Brandon Ingram of the Pelicans or DeMar DeRozan or someone from the Clippers, excuse me, someone from the, um, the Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge, one of those guys. Now, Carl Anthony Towns made it last year, but he's been injured so much this year that it's highly unlikely. Mm. So Rudy should make it absolutely. Donovan absolutely is uh, worthy to make it. The question is, do you take both Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell. I would. I uh, Donna, uh, Devin Bo- Booker is averaging more points per game than Donovan Mitchell, but I just I think Donovan is a is a much better all around player than Devin Booker, and he's on a better team. But it'll be interesting to see if it comes down to those two players who the coaches actually pick. Usually, coaches reward winning. Mm-hmm. Just generally speaking. So the head coaches, and remember now, you can't vote for your own player. So Quinn Steyer can't vote for Rudy or for uh, Donovan Mitchell. But coaches tend to uh, really strongly emphasize the, the element of winning. And that would give, hopefully, Donovan Mitchell. All these guys are worthy. Of the, there's only 12 guys. It's so hard to be to make an, all, to be a, to make an all-star team. Oh, by the way, the record for... The most ever All-Star appearances is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jake. He made 19 All-Star games. Wow, that's amazing. 19. By the way, for those uh, folks out there listening who are wondering what's going on uh, in the arena tonight, it is Monster Jam, and there are a lot of uh, loud engines in the arena tonight, and if that's bleeding through onto the radio, uh, that's what that is. But we've seen a lot of excited young faces around the arena tonight. It's kind of been fun to see everybody get excited about it. But all right, so just to recap, you've got you've got Rudy in firmly. You think uh, you think Rudy's in, and then Donovan. It might come down to uh, a selection between he and somebody like Devin Booker. Correct. Yeah, that's what I have. And again, we could debate that, and it's it's all part of the beauty of sports. Donovan's got a winning game. He's a two-way player, and he is, he is absolutely playing at a high at an all-star level. And Devin Booker is a knockdown shooter. I love his game also. Donovan is um, better defensively, and just generally speaking, he's just more gritty. And so we'll see how, how the coaches think as far as uh, rewarding winning. 
All right, Coach, uh, let's get uh, a couple final thoughts from you on this win over Orlando, and then we'll uh, we'll take a look ahead to the Pelicans on Monday night. But what are you going to be taking from uh, this victory in uh, in Orlando? The Jazz defensively were, were solid the whole game. They did a good job of guarding the dribbler. Rudy controlled the painted area, and it let, that, that's defensively. Offensively, they moved the ball tremendously. They found the open shooters, and the shooters played under the influence of being knocked down mode. And everybody that played in tonight's game, they play with the spirit. And George Niang uplifted the bench. Most times it have been Jordan Clarkson. Tonight was George Niang. And Donovan was absolutely sensational difference maker. He outplayed, outfought Markel Foltz, the first pick of the draft in 2017. The Jazz have it rolling. It all starts on defense and the power three-point shooting. Yeah, Markel Fultz was not good tonight. Uh, six points. He did have seven assists, so so you've got to give him that. But he's he's continuing to try and, and rehab uh, his career. I thought uh, I thought certainly George Niang and Donovan Mitchell were the storylines tonight. Those guys, you know, Donovan certainly on top of his game. And if if the Jazz can, like you said, coach, continue to get sparks from different guys off the bench, especially, but continue to get this production, you know, the Jazz are going to be a tough team to beat. And that wasn't the case a few weeks ago. So that's pretty uh, pretty terrific turnaround for that unit. Yes, and that turnaround starts with the players with defined roles. The Jazz now have cut their rotation basically to nine players. So those those uh, nine guys, they know most times, minus early foul trouble, when they're going into the game. And they're playing as a unit. And with Joe Engel's... Uh, starting right now, it's helped them. So the storyline's going to be when they bring back Mike Conley, who might come back, I'm assuming, possibly on Wednesday, if not Friday, how does Mike Conley fit in? And so if I'm Mike Conley, you have to fit into the Jazz players right now versus the Jazz players fitting into your game. All right, let's uh, look forward. Next game for the Jazz, they put a wrap in this uh, three-game Eastern road trip with a game against the Pelicans, who I guess technically aren't in the Eastern Conference. Uh, But that will be Monday night. The game will uh, tip off at 6 o'clock. Coach, your thoughts on Derek Favors and the Pelicans, whose record is not necessarily terrific, but you think they have a few pieces on this team. Yes, they do. The record right now is 11-24. They play tonight in Sacramento. Derek Favors, former Jazz player, has played well for them. He's missed 16 games with injury, and unfortunately, God bless him, the uh, the death of his um, his mom. And so Derek right now is uh, averaging 8.7 points per game, 10.2 rebounds in only 23 and a half minutes. Wow! So it's crazy, shooting 56.6%. So when he's there, he has absolutely been a difference maker. Drew Holiday is a, is a guy that's almost an all star. Almost an all-star. He's a two-way player. He's a, he's 15th in assists, ninth in steals, averaging 19.6 points per game. By the way, I know you I know you're thinking about Frank Jackson, a local product from Lone Peak High School in Highland, Utah. He's he's he's, he's averaging 5.8 points per game in 13.1 minutes. So the Pelicans. Their problem is they are one of the worst teams in the NBA defensively. They're 28th ranked right now. They're, they're allowing 116 points per game. The last point is this. Offensively, they play fast. So they are 6th in the NBA in pace. So Brandon Ingram, that multi-talented guy, is averaging 25.2 points per game, shooting 40% from three. So the Jazz defensively in transition have to get back in recovery and 
and stop and build a wall to slow down Brandon Ingram and also Drew Holiday and the knockdown shooting of the of JJ Reddick. It's going to be really going to be a hard fought game, and the Jazz hopefully will be able ready to roll. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, that's coming up on Monday night. Uh, real quick, Coach, we're going to join. Um, as soon as we're done here, we're going to join the uh, Utah State-San Diego State game in progress up in Logan. Any quick thoughts on uh, on the Aggies and Aztecs today, tonight? That should be a showdown at the Spectrum. Oh, very much. The, the, the Aztecs are a very, very talented team. And I know the, the, uh, the, Ag- the Aggies are hurt right now as far as injuries, but at home, upset. All right. There you go. Uh, that's uh, coming up next. We'll join it in progress, but uh, that'll do it for Jazz Game Night tonight. We want to say our thank yous, of course, to Lock and Boone for doing a terrific job, uh, to the broadcast assistants working on the broadcast tonight, to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night, the title sponsor of the postgame show, Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback, available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru sponsor of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Thank you, as always, Coach it's always fun hanging out with you and certainly a pleasure breaking down a little jazz basketball. Thanks, Jake. Stay well. All right, coming up next, we'll join uh, the Aggies and the Aztecs in progress. Your final from Orlando, the Jazz beat the Magic 109-96 to right here on the Jazz Radio Network.